Hello, I'm Chris Denton. And I'm Paul Monk. And we are a the Antichrist. British. <laughs> See, <laughs> will you. Uh, you phone me now. Okay, sorry. Let's go again. Very. British. Horror. Yes. And today we're talking about a film called. It's called The Omen, and it's about two superheroes, one played by Sylvester McCoy, one by David Rappaport from Time Bandits, who have appear when people say three words with double O's in. From uh, This is from the uh, 80s TV, children's TV show Paul, uh, Jigsaw, obviously. Paul, I've made a terrible mistake. You mean you didn't watch episodes of Jigsaw? No, because instead of preparing... So this recording by watching episodes of Jigsaw, I watched a 1976 Anglo-American horror film starring Gregory Peck. Right, let's talk about that then. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, you've got me out of a hole there. <laughs> uh, well, I say Anglo-American. Is it strictly Anglo-American or have you just decided to call it that? I think Wikipedia says it's the UK-US co-production. Okay. But it's not really a co-production, is it? It's 20th Century Fox. Yeah. It's, it's American money. Yeah. American stars. American, American director, director. American writer. American producer. So, so, so British. Is it, is it very British horror? <laughs> is, it, is this a mildly British horror? <laughs> yeah, I think it might just be uh, only just about British horror. What's the Scraping case? the barrel British horror. <laughs> What's the case for the defence? Okay, so the case for the defence is, is firstly, A, uh, it stars Billy Whitelaw, who I think is a great actress. and um, she stars has Billy Whitelaw, but yeah. Did I say star? <laughs> okay, well, okay. Billy Whitelaw <laughs> in Sorry, the open. Some other <laughs> Gregory Peck guy, never heard of him. He, he's obviously the star. Um, <clears throat> um, before Christmas, she, she unfortunately passed away, and this is our kind of tribute to her. Yes. Um, it has virtually the entire cast, apart from the two American stars, are, are pretty much uh, British actors. That's true. Um, and the crew were all British. It was filmed over here. And we it's bloody well like it. It's and primarily we want an excuse to do it. So that's the, that's the real reason. That's a very good reason. But it's primarily <laughs> set in Britain. It is. It also has sequences in, Rome. in Italy. Yeah. yeah. Um, although... From what I could tell, only the exteriors are actually filmed in Italy. Which is why you've got yeah. English actors playing Italians. Yeah. Which is a little That's bit right. co- confusing. Because um, the, the, at the start, there's an uh, Italian priest who I was completely convinced was Italian. Then I discovered was played by someone called Martin Benson. Yeah. Who was prosthetic neck. I'm going to get this wrong now. I did this perfectly a minute ago. Prostechnic Bogon Jelts in the TV version of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, you still got that right. Yeah, on that third attempt. Yeah. Um, well, a marvellous actor, because of course he wasn't really Bogan any more than he was really Italian. No. So there we go. And he convinced me he was a Bogon, so that's good. Convinced me too. Okay, so we've established that we're definitely allowed to talk about the Omen. It's definitely... Yeah. It's definitely British. Uh, apart you from can argue with us if you want, but we will just tell you to shut up. If you don't agree with us, um, probably skip this podcast. 
And, and no, you still listen to it anyway, and just just wallow in your pain. <laughs> yes, keep listening, even if you hate it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so um, next item on the the <laughs> agenda is general thoughts. Yeah, so we're just going to talk generally about about what we think. So, what do you think about this this film? Well, I know we're, we're not not just generally, not specifically. Well, let me let me let me give you, give you some context because this film was made in 1976, yeah, which is actually after the British horror boom. So, I I, I would date the British. The golden age of British horror, and I've said this before, is about 1956 with Curse of Frankenstein to about 1974. Yeah. Um, in 1976, there was a Hammer film made in 1976, uh, which was their last uh, horror film for yeah. a long time, and um, that's to The Devil a Daughter. Yeah. And you can see that's very much in the vein of. The Omen and The Exorcist, rather in the vein than in the vein of their gonna be, other stuff. Probably going to be, I would stuff. say, more, more influenced by The Exorcist. Well, because yeah, I would, I would think so anyway. But interesting. Basically, contemporary to The Omen. So, yeah, yeah. Um, although it does have some things in common with The Omen, which is, but I think not not because that the, uh, the Omen influenced to level of daughter, particularly apart from. What I really think is that horror films have just become like this. The gothic horror was was over. They're yeah. this kind of um, religious, supernatural horror, but um, uh, darker and <clears throat> nastier than than the gothic horror. That yeah. that kind of that had come. I mean, The Exorcist had, had yeah. ensured that 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 coming. Yeah, there was there was that, and I think that perhaps there was a bit of an appetite for this sort of thing anyway. What with the um, you know you had the Vietnam War. And everything, and America was feeling fairly down about all of that sort of thing. So well, that, the seventies generally it was a time when when American cinema is very, very downbeat and apocalyptic. Well, it, it's a great era. American independence in the yeah. seventies, the great era. Obviously, we don't care about any films that aren't British horror films, but we are aware <laughs> <laughs> there were a, a lot of um, really good films made um, in America in the seventies. Yeah. Uh, the Francis Ford Coppola conversation and The Godfather. Yeah. Um, you know, the era of the blockbuster was about to start. I mean, That's I think, right. But it's kind of ruined all that good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, or ushered in a fantastic new era, <laughs> depending on how much you like George Lucas. But, um, yeah. So arguably, you could say Jaws, that I should put in. Yes, Jaws was the first one. Yeah. Spielberg, wasn't it? And then... Star Wars sealed the deal, um, and this film as well did did as well pretty much. Well, this is this. I mean, this, this is this different. This became, a, this became very big, but it was um, it's a massive, <coughs> massive, ma- massive hit, hit. But actually, had uh, looking into it, actually had quite a modest budget, though it looks fairly lavish. And well, mo- modest expensive compared with what the other films we've been looking you at. You say modest, like, exactly like, modest for a big studio film. For, yeah. For British horror film, probably yeah. like the most expensive in the history of British horror. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's... Yeah. It, it, you can tell the production values, it is a cut above. Well, yes. I mean, not... I not mean, they, the fact they go to Italy to film some bits rather than um, recreate Italy in Bray Studios or something <laughs> <laughs> is a good good sign. Uh, that, that, that was the giveaway. And of course, um, 
they had Gregory Peck, fantastic yeah. golden age Hollywood star, yeah. probably a little long in the tooth by the 70s. Well, but no, you know, he, he, had, he had officially pretty much more or less retired and apparently became quite interested when, when he heard about this this film. Um and then, then was, was sort of tried to sign on, and and actually he did all right out of it in the end because he he apparently had took a, a pay cut in order to appear in the film for the for someone of his sort of stature, but um, had a ten percent of the profits put into his his uh, his uh, contract, so he actually did all right in the end. Yeah. Excellent. No, and no, apparently, I think it. it was his highest earning film of his career. I think. Don't quote me on that, though. Possibly not adjusted for inflation, but it sounds plausible. Yeah. Um, so, it's, it's, it's good because the big budget um, does shine through in a number of ways. But st- still, still for me, you've got the, the, the dark sort of graininess of kind of post-Hammer... <coughs> yeah. Um, Cinema, not just horror films, but in the seventies, especially like the, the the mid to late seventies, film it just looks so grim. The seventies, looking back now, seem an incredibly grim time. Even yeah. even Technicolor was was really drab and brown. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it was, but um, I mean, it really suits a film like The Omen. But yeah, seventies. Well, no, I think I think um, it made me as, sad. as we'll see in this film, I think it's all about. Uh, a lot more realism was creeping into things. Um, the the old sort of hammer gothic films were very much more of a fantasy sort of. Well, there's realism to a certain extent. I mean, it's contemporary set. Yeah. I I, I mean, it, it's absolutely preposterous, just like a great hammer film. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, that's okay. all, <laughs> it, it, but it's not. Um, it's not fair. Well, it's not. It, it, it's it's straight biblical stuff, and like we well, it's 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 done, but it is done in a way, and I think this is something that Richard Donner wanted to do was that he 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 wanted to make sure that that there was no obvious supernatural stuff in there. Apparently, the original, some of the earlier drafts had demons and stuff in it, and 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 he didn't want any of that. He wanted everything to look like it could potentially be. A real accident, or 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 some sort of you know, the, the, there was that element of doubt as to whether these things were actually. Um, I didn't realise Devil Child, or or he specifically said that, but yeah. I thought I saw that that was what he was aiming for because yeah. I think you can see there's kind of a turn of the screw element to, yeah. to this, which, yeah. which, which would be ruined if there were demons and devils. Things there's a kind of um, it's not necessarily really obvious, but but for me it really informs the ending of this film that yeah. um, what you've basically got is a couple of crazy parents getting murderously upset with their own young child. Now, ah, he's not their own though, is he? <laughs> Which is part of the point, and and well, you know, you you you, you know, uh, <coughs> that that the whole adoption thing. We we should probably start with that. Yeah, because um, that's right at the beginning of the film. Is ridiculous. If you say if if you or, or, yeah. or I we we're both the 
by parents. If if we said uh, it's not really our child, well, <laughs> our child died, and they gave the priest gave us another one to make up for it, <laughs> we wouldn't really be believed, would we? <laughs> I mean, it's not it's not very likely. And and I no, think no, and, then, and, and again, I'm not convinced that that would really really happen. But do remember that he's over in in Rome at this point, and obviously, you know, being foreign, they have. Uh, lower standards, obviously, than over here. Uh, yeah, I think that might be an Americanism creeping in, uh, that thinking <laughs> that you might get away with that in Italy. <laughs> but it's just not very plausible. But I actually don't see it as, as meant to be plausible. No. Because, uh, because, and this, I think, uh, okay, so what, what, what happens is Gregory Peck goes to this, uh, like, hospital run by the church. Yeah. Like, um, and the, the head of the... The hospital, who's a priest, says, "I'm sorry, your um, your your son died at birth. Yeah, but your wife doesn't know, and we've got this other baby looks just like you. Yeah, take that instead. Your wife did never know. Just take the baby. Yeah, and Gregory Peck goes, okay. Now, we it, it is preposterous, but the first because you know, I mean, that would." be impossible at Gregory Peck even, well no one would say yes anyway yeah. but um, if uh, the point isn't that it's vaguely realistic because the Satanists wouldn't have to do that if 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 you swap babies you don't have to come up with some elaborate reason to to the parent you just say here's a different baby yeah yeah <laughs> right <laughs> it's yours right so the, the whole point of it is that they've tempted Gregory Peck's character, the ambassador, um, yeah, uh, Richard Thorne, is that his name? Robert Thorne. Robert Thorne. There we go. Um, they've tempted him, so he's agreed. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's like he he had to fall for it in order yeah. for it to work. Yeah, it, it, which is a theme that crops up in a lot of um, sort of religious type. Um, well, all it... sort of things that that have. Bargains with the devil. There's a there's always a lot of themes in other stories and other uh, films where where somebody has to. I mean, a good example is uh, Night of the Demon. You know, they, they have to pass un, unknowingly accept the the rooms, um, and and so I think there is a bit of a theme in in different things of that. Well, and so I think the the um, if you're looking at uh, American horror films, the famous one. It's like slasher films. Yeah, is, is that um, uh, any characters that have sex immediately are killed? Yeah, They're like punished yeah. for their yeah. irreligiousness or whatever. Yeah, there and it's, it's always it's always the goody two shoes that survive. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind yeah. of a, um, um, that's, that's kind of a trope. It's like in, in horror films, particularly American horror films, you get punished relentlessly for the decisions yeah. you make for the actions. Yeah, it's not like Bad luck. Yeah. And I guess narratively that kind well, of works. And people, and people say, well, why me? And it's because you agree to it. But of course, you know, life doesn't work like that. But narrative does work like yeah. that. And so Thorne is punished, essentially, for th- for for thinking he could get away with it. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. 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 Um, because I, I, th- I think that's the only way that the opening works, because it's preposterous. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, you're right. No. Um, yeah, I mean, there is the, there is a whole thing that the prophecy has states that that he, he's sort of going to rise up in in 
in politics because that's, that's sort of mentioned before. So I don't know if that's the perhaps the Satanists are just trying to force their baby on. Well, I mean that's right. The, on, on on him having seen an opportunity and and perhaps well, it's late, necessarily late, thought it through. It, it's later transpires that um, horribly, in fact, yeah. that. Um, the Thorn's real baby didn't die, no. uh, uh, but was murdered. Yeah. Because um, they discovered the body. There's a really disturbing scene, which I actually remember from years and years and years ago when I first saw it as being yeah. disturbing, but I didn't remember why. Yeah. Because I thought, because they find um, Damien's real mother, yeah. who's a jackal, they find, yeah. find the corpse of a jackal in, 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 in this woman's grave, and then... Um, they're in this little child's grave. They find the, the body of the Thorns' real uh, infant son, whom yeah. you can see a glance has been murdered yeah. because of the um, the dent in the skull. Yeah, and with brilliant cinema because you can really see that, yeah. and it's horrible, but you don't see anything gory or disturbing. Or well, it is disturbing, but not graphic. Yeah. So, you know, Richard Donner. A top-level director in a lot of ways, despite yeah. being responsible for all the Lethal Weapon films. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, he he wasn't a big name when he did this, though. Yeah, I know, he was a TV but, director. I know, I know, I know. Um, um, and this, this was the film that actually sort of made him. I know, and then and then Superman after that yeah. uh, tied him to the blockbuster yeah. um, trend that I mentioned, but. I'm not sure you, you could call this a blockbuster, but he also was. directed Goonies as well, which is good. He did. He did. <laughs> <laughs> Had quite a distinguished career. Yeah. In fact, probably one of the most distinguished careers of any director that we've talked about. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. Uh, and his his ability shines through. He's not. His films aren't necessarily the kind of films I really like. I don't believe he ever did another horror film. No, I don't think so. I did. I did enjoy Maverick. That was him. Was yeah. It? yeah, I did enjoy that. Okay. Yeah, no, that was quite good. <laughs> but um, I, I don't think he. Yeah. If he'd ever did another horror film, uh, I didn't notice it when scanning through his career on IMDb. There's a bit of a giveaway to our level of research again. Yeah. Anyway, moving swiftly on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can we talk about some of the great British actors? That appear in this film. We certainly can. Can I start with? You can start. We because you already mentioned Billy Whitelaw. Yeah. She plays Mrs. Baylock, the yeah. blatantly satanic governess, <laughs> who ter- who turns up and says, "I'm the new governess," and they go, "Oh, that's great," and then they and go, go, "Hang, hang on, on, we didn't sent you. <laughs> we didn't hire any governess." And then she went, "Oh, the agency sent me," and, and they went, "Oh yeah, no, that's all right then." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> quite a bad mistake as it transpires because she's absolutely slavering Satanist doesn't even pretend she's not a Satanist she's clearly a Satanist apparently it was something in the audition that that, um, originally she was meant to be a kind of more lovable sort of Irish uh, lovely nanny that was obviously still a Satanist but um, apparently it was Billy Whitelaw's uh, choice she, she decided that she would play her as this kind of very cold sort of insubordinate insubordinate kind of uh, person instead and I think that really I think that was a good decision I think that works really well I don't think it would have worked if she was a a, a lovely <coughs> a, a lovely sort of 
uh, nurturing Irish nanny who then suddenly went all kind of satanic. No, I, I think it's a very good artistic decision because yeah. it adds to the uh, the uh, the feeling of, of unease. You don't really need the kind of twist that she's um, bad because no. you know uh, uh, early on, early on in the film, the previous nanny is made to kill herself yeah. in order that Mrs. Baylor can come in. <laughs> so, Incidentally, yeah. that nanny was the daughter of Jack Palance. Yeah, Holly Palance, wasn't it? Yeah, who apparently. It was recommend Jack Plants re- recommended her to Richard Donner. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. No nepotism at all. It no. was purely on her talent. But that 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 that's uh, yeah. Sorry, I'm going to be talking about that, but just digress for a minute. That that scene at the child's party is actually I I I do find that very disturbing. I think that's kind of it's even more horrible watching it as a parent when she just jumps off the. The window ledge, and, yeah, and and it's it's a you don't re- again you don't really see too much, but it, no. it, you see a little bit more than you would have done in a Hammer film. Yeah, and it is naturalistic in that you know it's contemporary, and the, the, you, then you see the body swinging and stuff. And yeah, um, so it's a little bit, it still has a shock. It's, it still has a shock value now. I think that's all. I think that that's not due to gore. Thankfully, we're not talking no. torture porn here. Um, it, it, but down to really effective staging of this set piece. And you've already mentioned Night of the Demon, but of course that had a kind of creepy a children's party that goes bad yeah, as well. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It's, in, yeah. Interesting. There's a few parallels with that film. It is interesting. Yeah, I hadn't really thought of that. I was thinking along the lines actually that uh, uh, there are. There are there are some vague parallels with 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 Dracula, but with the plot. But anyway, I know you wanted to talk about the actors. So let's talk about David Warner. Yes, David Warner as as Keith Jennings, who I think was somebody in my A level physics class, but not the same Keith Jennings, obviously. This Keith Jennings comes to a rather horrible end. He does. Before he could possibly have been in your A level chemistry or physics yep. class. Um, which is, but but we we get virtually the whole film of David Warner. He's he's, he, he's yeah. more or less the next main character after Gregory Peck and possibly Lee Remick, yeah. who plays Mrs. Thorne. Yeah. Um, she's possibly undersold that the role Lee Remick's role not particularly that great. She just has to get progressively more unnerved and then die. Which she does very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's Gregory Peck that's taking all the action in yeah. combination with with Jennings, this reporter who's realised there's something very bad up, yeah. and a uh, photographer. Yeah, he's so, a photographer. Yeah. yeah so, it's, so and, he uh, and he first realises, and I, and I hadn't thought about this, but he first realises when he takes a photo of, um, he takes photos of the what's going on in the nanny thing at the party, and then later on he takes photos of Father Brennan who's um who's Patrick Troughton's character who we'll get onto in in a minute. Um and and he notices that there's something odd in the photographs, that there's a there's a line in both of them. Um which kind of foreshadows how they'll die. But one thing I didn't 
thought about actually that I didn't really consider before, which is, and there's a point after where there's lots of press and and he and and um, Robert Thorne's coming out of the out of the the, the embassy, and there's I'm sure there's a point where where David Warner he bumps into him and drops and he drops his knocks his camera onto the floor, and and he sort of fiddles with it and everything and then takes the picture of Patrick Troughton. And and that made me think, because actually, is it that perhaps nice. that that's that's almost you can try and explain those those away as 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 a perhaps a crack in the lens or something. That, that does happen. That that's the interesting thing. And, and I think that was I know I know it was suddenly it only occurred to me that actually that little scene where where he knocks gets his camera knocked over was obviously deliberately put in there so that presumably um, David Warner. This character might not perhaps come to the conclusion that it's some somewhat prophetic as soon as he does or or you know, straight away or or that they, they might trick the audience into thinking that they might just be it's a way to explain it away or of course the opposite could be true that it could be the real explanation is the camera is just damaged yeah but nobody realizes that in the character yeah, yeah. Down this frankly disastrous for all concerned yeah. supernatural path. Yeah, <clears throat> I love um, David Warner. He's one of the greats. Yeah, um, it's hard to think of many great roles. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he's just in a lot of things. In many ways, he's very similar to Patrick Troughton, a fantastic character actor who's in hundreds of things, always wonderful. Yeah, not really renowned for anything in particular. No. Patrick no. Slightly different in that he's known as the second doctor. Yeah. But he he was determined not to be the victim of typecasting, mm. left that job very early as a as, as a result. And we've seen him a lot um yeah. in, in British horror. Yeah. I, I don't think he was he was he wasn't confined to that, I just think he worked a lot. Yeah. And in fact, um, sadly died partly through overwork. Yeah. Because his doctors told him, your heart's knackered, stop yeah, working so yeah. hard, and he didn't stop. <laughs> and he, he's, a, he's, he's fantastic. He's Father Brennan, apart yeah. from his own. But I don't know if it's because I know that voice so well. Yeah. But when, when he says, oh, Begora! <laughs> <laughs> you just think, yeah, yeah, Patrick, you're not really, you're not really but, well, not buying it. But... Um, He's, he, he is fantastic as this mental yeah. priest, and we see him quite early. theorist nut. Who, 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 yeah. who. So we see him quite early when, when nothing's really kicked off. So he obviously comes across as a complete nutter, which is why you don't know whether totally to trust him later on, apart from the fact that the film's called The Omen, and that it's a horror film, in which case, yeah. You know that he's probably going to be right, but the characters in the film obviously have no reason to trust him. It's only and it's, um, when he when he knows that Mrs. Thord is pregnant. Yeah. That then Guru Yeah, takes it. takes him and, 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 and a, a little bit more seriously. And of course, he predicts that um, Damien will try and to yeah. kill the unborn child. Yeah. Which, to be fair, he actually doesn't. Miss Mrs. Baylock um, tries to do that, and she yeah. kind of sets Damien yeah. on him. Um, and he, well, the, the, 
Leo McKern isn't actually well, wasn't actually British. Uh, well, I mean, he may well have been a British citizen, but Australian yeah. actor. Yeah. Leo McKern. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's got a, a pivotal role as um, Mr. Unpronounceable. Yeah. <laughs> Carl Bugenhagen. Bugenhagen, yeah, and he's yeah, he's some sort of. Did they say he's some sort of ex? Priest type exorcist person who's doing a dig at the um, the place in is that is the place in Italy? I can't remember what it is. What's the place in Italy? Uh, um, I don't remember, but I can't remember what the the name. Megiddo. Yeah. Not sure what yeah. Megiddo is. <laughs> yeah, no, he's in uh, northern part of Italy, and they're doing a dig there. In reality, it was a an actual real archaeological dig in uh, Jerusalem, in, in Israel, uh, that they used for the filming of that. But the, only the exterior establishing shot, because then, yeah. then it blatantly cuts yes, to the studio. obviously, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is a trick this film uses a few times. It does it a few times, and, and it, it's <laughs> not, not always that successfully, I don't think. I think that, actually that scene with the Bugenhagen is... Probably the most blatant. Like I say, yeah. I bought the I bought the one with the um, the hospital because it's Rome and then they're in the hospital. And I thought it was Rome, but no, it wasn't. It's not no, but it is actually a hospital. Oh, the one that the tell. one that gets it, the one that gets gets me is the graveyard because that's 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 a set and not actually a graveyard at all. That's pretty blatantly a set, though. Yeah. Um, well, there's dogs no. and things. So the hospital... Um, oh, no, maybe not, actually. Not the, not the one, that bit. The hospital is later on. It's the one that... There's a real hospital, isn't there? In yeah, yeah, the, the, the um, thing he's in. Mrs. Thorne. Yeah. Catherine Thorne. That's it, yes. So, uh, Leo McKern, Rumpole of the Bailey. Yeah. Um, basic. Well, it's kind of. He kind of has the Christopher Lee. He's, he's Vincent Price role. It's, it's a cameo. Yeah. But he's kind of explaining get, how, to, back to my, um, how to kill the creature. Yeah. We're getting back to my uh, Dracula. He's Van Helsing. But he's Van Helsing. Okay, he's not in it very much, but he's he fulfills that that sort of role. He, he does, and it's more evidence of the way that the horror landscape has changed. Yeah. That this character is played by an actor like Leo McKern, yeah. rather than a big horror star, and and the the role is so small. Yeah. And the actual um, the combating of the monster, the whole the the uh, the, the, yeah. the the true um, protagonist is someone like Gregory Peck. Who's not like this um, junior, the juvenile lead they called them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but also, you couldn't say he was anything like a horror star. No. Ho- horror, I mean, he, he just, he's the opposite of a horror yeah. star. Yeah. <laughs> Him and Vincent Price, chalk and cheese. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> so, so, so I think that, that yeah. But, but his character, could be Harker. So it could be could easily yeah. you can see the Jonathan Harker. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it is quite 
I don't know, these parallels to turn <laughs> the screw into Dracula. And yeah. They're, they're, not, just, they're not overt. You wouldn't watch it and think this is a remake. No, no, but, no it's uh, not. But, but you there's can, definitely you can use things. those... Yeah. You can assign those sort of roles. Mm. And in some ways, uh, thinking Mrs. Baylock is, is sort of like a Renfield sort of role. Almost. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, abso- absolutely. And, um, of course, Hammer did... A scary film about a scary nanny. Yeah. They had Betty Davis as yeah. the nanny. Yeah. Uh, so th- that was a completely different. I mean, that was different for Hammer, but that because that was more one of their thrillers, wasn't it? But, yeah. Yeah. Um, but th- that, that that's quite good though, from what I remember. Yeah, because it's directed by Seth Holt, who was yeah. really good. Yeah. <laughs> didn't didn't do many films, but did some good ones. Um, and Betty Davis was actually all right in that. She wasn't in the anniversary. Her other hand film. No. Anyway, let's not digress too much. <laughs> Apart we never digress. No, we never digress. That's <laughs> what we're famous for. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> so many inaccuracies in one sentence. I'm kind of proud <laughs> of that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm just... Uh, is there anybody else that we need to mention in the cast? What about um, getting on to, was it Harvey Stevens? He's like a five-year-old. And he's, he's the, he, I think he was six at the time. Um, he's, he wasn't an actor and isn't an actor now. And was picked out of a, a um, they, they went and basically auditioned boys at lots of different schools. And he apparently got the part because he... Um, was the most vicious when Richard Donner told him to attack him <laughs> as the audition because he's thinking of the scene where in the car in the car and going up to the church. Um, so he he apparently told him to uh, uh, attack him, and basically, yeah, that Harvey Stevens rushed up and savagely attacked Richard Donner, punching him in the balls. Apparently, quite a bit. He got the job by punching the director in the balls. <laughs> yeah, that's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's a child actor. He's fine. Yeah. Um, so so yeah. So I mean that that, that I just thought it was worth mentioning. That's that. a good story. Apart but not an act, he didn't do any more acting after that. Yeah. Well, he did. He did. He did, did appear he? in one more film. Did he? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. See, I've trumped uh-huh. you with trivia. Go on, then. <laughs> he appeared in the Omen remake in 2006. He cameoed as an oh, author okay. or something. <laughs> so he's only ever been in films called The Omen. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a bit typecast. Really. <laughs> it's a niche. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I think that, that that covers the rundown of the cast, really. Um, yeah. So you wanted to say something about the locations? Yeah, well, uh, obviously, uh, there are quite a lot of quite a lot of location work here which which is unusual for a horror film again yeah. and reflects the budget this was based at Shepperton Studios not unusual <laughs> no no but but it did get out and about in it London did, and yeah. further afield a yeah. lot more so we just mentioned the church scene um, and I remember I, when I watched this I was I was thinking hmm that, that church looks very familiar because it's got quite an unusual um, architecture to it it's quite sort of square and this is this and, is the church. So this is where they're going to the wedding and and um, they're in, they're yeah. insisting on taking Damien with them and Mrs. Baylock is is trying to per, 
persuade them otherwise. And then he won't um, set foot in the church. And, he goes and then mental. he goes mental and attacks uh, Lee Remick in the car. Um, and then they drive away. But yeah, that was filmed at Guildford, Guildford Cathedral in, in, in Surrey. So not a million miles away from us. Not a million miles away from Shepperton either. No. <laughs> By total drawn, coincidence, drawn, I'm sure. Drawn around the, uh, <laughs> yeah. around the motorway. In fact, it did exist. Then. I can't remember. Um, and then we have Windsor Safari Park, which obviously has a big... That is a weird scene, isn't it? It Got is. They, they 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 go some kind of old fashioned um, drive through with yeah. the monkeys and the the, the yeah. giraffes just run away but the monkeys actually attack them. Yeah, the baboons. Yeah, yeah. Get, get your animals right, Chris. Were they baboons? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so that that, that I mean again, that's just trying to highlight that 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 Damien is evil. But I thought I thought that was quite interesting because I remember driving to. Uh, Windsor Safari Park and going there once. Um, is it still open? I, I no, it's Leg- Legoland. Oh, it was replaced by Legoland, which got me thinking. Oh, okay. Would that scene be uh, as creepy if it was Damien going to Legoland? So would, almost would it, certainly not. <laughs> <laughs> would it be horrible? Would it, would you get the same uh, load of fear from a pile of Lego bricks, which let's face it, couldn't run away or show any expression at all? It would be a bit rubbish, wouldn't it? That's what I'm saying. Yes. So thank goodness it yeah. was a safari park at the and time. Can I, uh, can I just point out just a little thing? Um, it, when they go there, Damien gets they get ice creams and Damien has a chalk ice. And when I was growing up, this is like not not related at all, but chalk ices were always the thing that that grown ups had. So my parents would always buy chalk ices, and and I always when I was little thought they were quite posh. So Damien's having quite a posh ice cream, in my, in my mind, when he, when he gets that. Yes, well, an important <laughs> observation there. <laughs> anyway, getting back to Windsor Safari Park. The, uh, <laughs> a key insight into his character, <laughs> I feel. <laughs> um, getting back to Windsor Safari Park. He, oh, there you go, you see, just showing his status as, as, as the uh, devil incarnate, in that he actually just flaunts it by by having a, a posh ice cream and not not like a funny funny foot or yeah one of those you know, little milk or, or whatever yeah, they, what they mini milks mini milks yeah no that would have been mini milk like a mini milk Damien I'm the son of the devil I'm going to have yeah. a chalk ice yeah I'm not going to have a block of block of uh, wolves ice cream in a in a square cornet no I'm going to have a chalk ice I'm going to have an adult ice cream so yeah so and and um, again, bit of the, one of the the many health and safety nightmares this film has. Um, when they're driving through, Damien obviously in those days you didn't have to wear seatbelts, so Damien's obviously leaping around in the car and generally standing up on the passenger seat when they're driving along, and doing all sorts of things which generally wouldn't allow these days. But everyone driving was probably drunk and smoking. Yeah, and smoking. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and and yeah. I told you the I probably se- didn't have driving licenses. <laughs> no, the seventies were a grim time. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, everyone survived the seventies. Well, not everyone, but the, the, the reason people. it's important when we talk about a church to specify was yeah. that there's another church where Patrick Charon meets his maker. Yeah, um, some kind of weather. What is some kind of lightning? It's a, it's a, actually, I think ironically, it's either a lightning rod, isn't it? It's, a, it's either a church, it's some sort of spire thing, but I think it's a lightning conductor. Yeah. Yeah, because it's not. Yeah, 
It wasn't. It's not like a whole spire falls it falls on its head. Expertly uh, parodied in in Hot Fuzz. Yes, yes, with and Timothy Dalton and Adam Buxton. Adam character Buxton. gets killed by a oh. spire coming off the top of the the church. He does pretty much the same way. He he does. That's right. But then Timothy Dalton later not, has, but a, it's has not a super, fake spire ran through. Yeah, but it's not a. Um, in that, it's not a supernatural thing. No. No, Hot Fuzz is not being a supernatural film. No. Um, but yeah, no, I'm sure I was reading somewhere, I didn't take much notice of it, but the, apparently there's some um, Arabic writing or something on the door of the church that that Father Brennan is banging on at one point. Oh, I didn't notice that. Or, or No, Hebrew. That's quite different. It's quite, was it? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> well, I didn't make a note of it because I didn't think it was that interesting. But, but now you bring it up on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, we like, we like that. <laughs> oh. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, I've no idea where that church... Oh, that must have been... So, presumably, that was All Saints Church in Fulham. Oh, yeah. Where Patrick Chan... Was, which makes sense because they probably filmed the bit along the river, and that was probably Nick fairly. There's some very poor by. parenting in that scene. Oh God, yeah, yeah. There's loads of because yeah. the, 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 this is early, again earlier on the in the film. Damien's a toddler at the time, yeah, and and um, the thorns are wandering by this rushing river. Yeah, Thames, yeah, yeah, clearly going. Oh, isn't everything lovely? Isn't everything brilliant? And then Sherry uh, Pet goes. Where's Damien? And then, unconcerned, Catherine goes, oh, he's just behind us. And then yeah. she looks and he isn't. No. <laughs> it's just this raging river no. next to them. Then but, they get upset. But that, that, serves, that serves the purpose in the film. Because of, of, um, the film opens, obviously, with the, 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 the kind of chanty music yeah. that, that's very famous. And then um, you have all that, that scene with him, with everything... Him being swapped out, and yeah. and then it cuts to them being all very very nice, and that those scenes just go to show they're there to to show how how much of a family unit they all are, and how much they all love each other. But yes, bad parenting. It's also you wouldn't necessarily pick this up because I I think we've discussed that you that don't look now is um, yeah. something you still need to see. We'll definitely cover that later. Yeah. But um, the opening of Don't Look Now actually is quite similar, but with a more tragic result. Right, okay. Because obviously the point of Don't Look Now is that the the, the daughter drowns yeah. <laughs> at the start. So I thought that was uh, I, I, that was being played on. Yeah. Because that, that was a big hit. Um, a famous, obviously a famous horror film. And, and so there's kind of more reinforcement that perhaps leaving your young, your, your young children... Next to water is just stupid. But but then you know he he was the antichrist, so he'd probably be okay. Oh, he was perfectly all right. Yeah, he could have yeah. probably walked across it. Being yeah, yeah, yeah. but they they weren't. In fact, that. in fact, actually, uh, being the antichrist and and has lots of health benefits because it's stated at one point that he never Damien gets has Ill. never never been ill. Right. So you know, actually, it pays pays to be um being with the devil clearly from a health point of view. Yeah. I'd like <laughs> get in with Satan and we'd, we'd, we'd all ease the burden of the NHS. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way to go. There, there you go, David Cameron, for your next your next uh, 
election manifesto, get get everyone into Satanism, ease the NHS. <laughs> Easy. Uh, th- yeah, sounds good. Um, sensible policy, better Britain. So, <laughs> I, I want to talk about the ending. Okay, go on then. Because yeah. I'm jumping a we, jumping we, a we, lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then we've jumped all over the place. So that's okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, in 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 the end, Gregory Peck becomes convinced that his son is the Antichrist. Yeah. And that he has to kill him. Yeah. And he finds out how to do it from Leo McKern. Yeah. Gives him the daggers. And he says basically he take take him to, to do church. it in a certain way. And and then stab the kid to death and and, and but, uh, but there is a bit where 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 Thorne is not entirely convinced by this, uh, as you would be, and just says, well, how how do I know and everything? And that's when the uh, mark of the devil, the the triple six, we, the triple six, which I hadn't remembered um, correctly because I thought the the birthmark, the six 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 birthmark, was just. Yeah. Damien's, but it's a birthmark right. that servants of the, de- the, yeah. the, the devil all have. So Patrick Trouton should have yeah. had it. Well, not Patrick Trouton, his character, yeah. <laughs> Father yeah. Brennan, had yeah. it. Um, and uh, the kind of day, the fact that Damien has this yeah. birthmark on his head is kind of the final proof yeah. that Gregory the, I guess a really, this just goes to show um, the. Uh, well, I guess we'll chat briefly about the music, but in a little while but just goes to show how effective the music is in this film in in the, there's the scene where uh thorn goes thorn goes back to uh the house to try and work out if if damien does have the mark or not and damien's in bed asleep yeah. and there's this whole scene where all it is is him creeping around the house and getting a pair of basically hairdressing scissors and taking them up to Damien so that he can trim a bit of hair off and see if there's the mark yeah. there. But the way that and and it's quite it's in itself it's quite unremarkable. It's it's someone going in and cutting a bit of hair, but the music just makes that whole thing really really tense. Well, and um, oh, and the dog doesn't yeah. help. But then yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. So the music composed by Jerry Goldsmith. He won an Oscar for it. His only yeah. ever Oscar. Great film composer. Yeah. Apparently he didn't turn up to the Oscar ceremony because he'd been nominated so many times before and never won. He he he, he apparently didn't turn up to the ceremony because he couldn't stand the idea of being knocked back again. And that was the time he won. But apparently it was quite funny because they had to have the um, the 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 choir performing the tune on the actual ceremony. Which, uh, which creepy. yeah, which the words actually, uh, I've probably got the words somewhere, what they actually translate into in pidgin Latin. But it, it's essentially saying, oh, we love the devil. Isn't the <laughs> devil great? So effectively that Oscar ceremony uh, had on, on TV a, 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 a choir singing about how great the devil was. It's mm. kind of funny. I like that. <laughs> Usually it's more implied than, than it uh, is. explicit like that. Um, but I, I was saying about about the the, the ending. The ba- he, there's a fight. Yeah. Billy White Law's character gets off, and um, there's a chase. And yeah. Gregory Peck um, 
gets Damien to church, about to stab him when the police shoot him, and yeah. then Damien gets away. Yeah. Um, and the last... That's a very American thing, by the way, because I'm not convinced that police officer would have had a gun, necessarily. Mm, that's right, yeah. yeah. For the purpose of the plotting, you needed one. And, and it wasn't like a Bobby on the beat, it was some kind of detective. He was a, yeah, detective guy. Could have been diplomatic protection or something. Well, right, he's right. not, because they just, they just raised well, him to help, and he's, he's somewhere... Who knows what he's doing, he's talking to someone randomly. Yeah, yeah. But, and we never really, cafe we, or something. We never really know, but... Anyway, anyway, it's a kind of an American way of finishing that, but but yeah, so go on, carry on. I think I think this is quite important because I never bought. I don't. Well, I did buy it when I watched it when I was young, but I don't buy it now. I watched that and I'm thinking, I don't buy it. I don't care. There is quite overwhelming evidence that, that Damien is yeah. the Antichrist, but uh, I just don't think. But no matter how convinced you were, that you, you would go, I think I'll stab my own son to death yeah. <laughs> in the church. But I, 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 I'm, that's why. But he struggles with it though, and he doesn't. Well, he's, he, he, I mean, he's about to do it, but he, you see him struggle with it. Apparently, they filmed. Apparently, Greg Gregory Peck had really struggled with that the idea of of him going in and murdering. Damien in the script, he he really had trouble with that, and that was because a year earlier his son had had basically blown his own brains out with with a shotgun and committed suicide, and he'd obviously not been anywhere near him and able to and, and, and felt an immense guilt about that. And so you I'm know surprised. this 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 film, and I don't know if this part of this is perhaps he had some reason he wanted to do it was it was some sort of cathartic sort of response to it but yeah so he apparently really struggled with it and said no because the original script they have him win so they have him kill Damien and save the world and everything's see, there I just don't see how how that and, how that could work the, yeah. the ending with Damien surviving I think Damien has to survive not because then you no. can have a nice sequel with more evil exploits of the Antichrist <laughs> but just, just because he's, like you say, he's, yeah. he's, I think his characters, the actor may have been six, but his character is definitely five, and yeah. you can't, yeah. you, no, it doesn't matter. I and mean, there's, that, there's that, and so what they did was they played it, they apparently shot it twice, and, and convinced him, convinced him that, because he wasn't going to do it, apparently, Richard Donner convinced him that they would shoot it twice and decide which one was better, um, and I think that bit where, where he's, he's, raising the knife and I think Damien says something like no oh, don't, don't daddy oh. or something like this yeah. it's really horrible yeah and like as, as like you said as a parent now you're kind of like that's 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 horrible and you can see I think it works you can see Gregory Peck really having his I mean the, the the you assume it's acting but I think he probably that's probably real kind of emotional struggling there and and um, I guess we don't know whether he would would have actually done it I guess he, he goes to raise the knife, but whether he would have actually done it, because you, you'd never know. Um, but yeah, no, apparently that's they, they in the editing room they decided that that ending was far more effective, I, which I, then meant at the very end had to be re- had to be shot separately because they had a different different ending. So the very end of the film, the last few minutes, the shot back in America. Well, either way, it's not going to be a happy ending because no. if he did succeeded and kills Damien. And then the police go, 
you just stabbed your, well, they, your they, son to death. Is, oh, hello, prison. The thing river. is, I think he was. I think in both scenes he was going to die. Well, but he'd have to. We keep killing him. One, but one scene, it's, he, it's never, he's not going to no, end up as. He's not going to be, be a hero in the traditional <laughs> sense. I mean, he he's doomed. At, I just think psychologically, I cannot see how you'd ever get into a position where you would do that, where where you'd actually stab a five-year-old. Yeah. Well, your five-year-old son, you just could, no. you, you just like, oh, I, I mean, you, you you just get to the point where you just like, he may be, this, he may be Satan. Yeah, and you, saying, you, I just don't care. I'm not doing that. And you that. can rationalise it. There's the bit in Rome where he hears of his wife's death, and and at and that he, point, he, he's, he you can see he does. He just goes. He he sort of becomes very almost like almost like sort of dies inside if you like and he just says that that Damien has to die but then when he actually gets round to the point where he actually has to do it well he also witnesses he he just struggles with that witnesses um, Jennings horrible death yeah because he actually says he's not going to do it and Jennings tries to get the knives and Jennings by the sheet glass isn't he Um, and um, so that that's happened and I I think um a lot of other things that convince him. I think the um, the bit where he he sees his 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 uh, biological son's body yeah. as well, and he yeah. realizes the extent he's been duped. Um, so so, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying it's not well done. I'm just saying that whatever the evidence, however it's stacked up, it'd just be very yeah. difficult to see anyone act that way. However, if you take a kind of um, Turn of the <coughs> screw interpretation. I'm not saying that this is literally true. I'm sure that yeah. the the actual intention of the film is that Damien really is the Antichrist. We we we, we know we know that. Yeah, yeah. But but the only way that you could interpret the events of well not, not the events but the actions of the Thorn the parents yeah um like rationally is schizophrenia yeah like they totally go mental yeah. and think their child is the son of the devil and whatever yeah. and they end up basically almost murdering and would murdering if they weren't stopped by the police yeah. and the only the only explanation for that for that kind of behaviour outside of a ridiculous religious plot is like crazy it, well yeah. crazy I don't, I don't, that's a that's the wrong term severe mental illness yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, I apologise for using the word crazy. I mean, the words <laughs> severe mental illness. <laughs> so send all your complaints to Chris. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, because um, there's just there's just there's, there's just n- no other explanation. No, no. For that, and that would would be um how um that would be how he would be treated. He'd end up in yeah. Broadmoor yeah, probably. Exactly. Yeah, and anyone that did was sympathetic that did kind of believe him or gets killed. So, basically so, everyone so, so in this he, film gets yeah. killed. So he has no, he would have had no backup at all. So yeah, right. I realise that we're, the time's getting on, and we haven't mentioned one of the big things about this film, which was the curse. Um, yes, the curse of the omen. <laughs> the um, the you know because a few unfortunate things happen to uh, a few 
Um, well, yeah. I, I forget what they were. <laughs> okay, so uh, if I, I just run down what happened. So yeah, but briefly, because I don't believe in this crap. No, I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> I never do I. Never <laughs> explanations for it. Okay, so the, the 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 first the first thing that happened was that in flying over to to the UK, Gregory Peck's plane got struck by lightning. Well, that uh, happens a lot with airplanes. Yeah. So, uh, which caused an engine failure, and they had to they had to uh, land. A bit of a yeah, but luckily it was okay. Um, the second one was when the produ- I think it was uh, the producer uh, flew over as well, and the same thing happened. Got struck by lightning. So yeah, at that point they're thinking this is a bit unusual, and uh, some of the the people in America was that were involved in the production that end were all starting to pray for them and all this kind of stuff. Um, there was a the bit where they filmed um, the oh what was it no they were going to film the uh, bits for the um, flying over London so they were going to fly over London and take some shots and everything yeah and uh, they took off they they were going to charter a plane to go and do that and then the person phoned them up and said um, actually if you take the plane on this date instead we can do you a much better deal and it'll be cheaper which point they were like yeah okay well we'll do that and then then the the plane that they were going to hire was hired by a load of uh, Japanese businessmen who took off on on the runway at which point a load of birds flew into the engines and um, caused the plane to to crash and everybody died. So and apparently that it was noted afterwards that safety equipment that scares the birds away had had not been switched on, and um, it was quite unusual apparently for bird a flock of birds to fly directly into into the jet engines. It was unusual, but not impossible. Yes, but I think the, cru- the crucial thing here... No, there's more. No. <laughs> right. No. Okay. <laughs> okay, fair enough. There are more. In the um, safari park scene, uh, incidentally, the, the, the um, bit with the baboons and then looking scared in the car was genuine because the baboons did go a bit nuts. But there was an incident where they had a keeper with them all through the day and they were doing things where they were meant to use... A, were going to be using some tigers and lions and stuff. Um, but... And, and you'll be seeing a bit of a pattern here. Once the film crew left, the following day, the the guy, the zookeeper, got mauled by the tiger and 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 ended up dying. Ended up dying. Um, the dogs, the dogs, the Rottweilers. Now remember, these are Rottweilers. Yeah. And uh, they were being driven around and uh, to the point where they were going a bit crazy, so that they would bite and bark and all this sort of stuff. Um, uh, Terry Walsh, who uh, was one of the stuntmen and who doubled for um, David Warner in that graveyard scene, uh, had extra padding on his legs, uh, but still the dogs bit him and attacked him and and so wouldn't let go. They were meant to do that. Yeah, but they were, but they 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 just did it with a, a ferocity that wasn't mentioned, wasn't really meant to be there, and they were trying to sort of distract the dogs and everything. Method acting. Good work, dogs. Winding up Rottweilers. You wind them up. They're they're vicious dogs when they're wound up. So so so, um, so and, far, and nothing so bad has happened to anyone connected to the film. 
the zookeeper and some Japanese businessmen who were yeah. very mildly sort of six degrees of separation style involved yeah. came to sticky ends. Yeah, Anything the, bad happened to any anybody who was actually involved in the film there, in a meaningful way? There are there are there are some more. I'm trying to dig them out now because I should have actually highlighted them in my, in my notes. No, I um, think I, to be honest, Paul, I think. But yes, enough. basically there was this, lots this of is, stuff. What this is is, is marketing for the film The Omen. <laughs> but, <laughs> but bad things happen all the time. But, but the thing is, is that um, there was something that happened that caused Lee Remick to not want to do the dangling from a balcony scene. So that was filmed in a different way. That was filmed um, sideways on. So the the floor was actually the wall, and they had her on a turntable, and she, she just moved slowly towards the, the, the wall, which acted as the floor. So there, there was all these things. I'm sure there, there's some other ones as well. See, this to me just highlights <laughs> the... Ridiculous irrationality that was att- attached to not this film, but then it, it, it's kind of because um, because because of the American, I think because of the American influence, the kind of supernatural element just gets taken more seriously. Yeah. And by supernatural element, I kind of mean the the religious element. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, definitely. So I I, I don't really think there's many people in our. Oh no, there were lots Secular of secular British society. There, I mean, there were really lots of IRA bombs. So their, their hotel got bombed, but shortly I'm after they left. I'm pretty sure that was but to do was with the troubles and not to yeah. do with the influence of the Dark Lord. No, <laughs> uh, Richard Donner incidentally thinks it's all a load of rubbish. That there's, there's no well, it's, 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 it's marketing, but and, um, but, but it's, it's also um, to me sums up why the Omen, which is British in the yeah. sense of. Um, the location and the cast, but isn't British in the sense of subject matter because this is not yeah. how um, a British British creators would approach this subject matter. And I think no. the perfect example of how British creators would approach this subject matter is Good Omens. <laughs> yes, because that is just a great novel by Neil Gaiman and Terry yeah. Pratchett, which is a retelling of the Omen essentially. Yeah, but yeah. with Characters that behave in an English way, British way, yeah. <laughs> and 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 um, the the um, the mix up at the hospital is parodied so that um, the Satanists have the wrong child, I think. Yeah. And um, the, the the real Antichrist has all the devil's powers, but just grows up as a normal boy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I must reread that again. Yeah. I, I, there was a Radio Four adap- adaptation. Of it very recently. Yeah. You're right. I didn't listen to. Um. um but yes, it, no, that, that's no, fantastic, and it's very, uh, and it's like a parody, but it's not really a parody so much as the story through a, a prism of Britishness. Yeah, and so, so yeah. So, so um, yeah. So I mean, the, 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 I think it, I think it just boils down to they had a few unfortunate accidents, um, and and the fact that the subject matter of the film, and and that they were warned apparently previously. Um, by various people that all oh, know you shouldn't touch this subject, uh, etc. That 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 led to that heightened awareness of of the near misses, which otherwise they probably would not have even registered. Because let's face it, if the devil really didn't want this film to be made, he he would have just kind of 
why why did they actually survive? If the devil was real and he didn't want them to make this film, then then he would have succeeded in in killing them all off. I'm pretty sure the devil understands marketing that these accidents would actually help to promote the film rather than to dissuade it from being made or for people from seeing it. Yeah, but you know, so so ah, so you saying the devil is real? Ah. Well, I, I, I'm You're, not. Although, no, you are. That's what you just said then. Did I say that? Um, well, you didn't, but you said he understands marketing. And well, I'm pretty that sure he would help should, promote the film. Should, 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 should the devil as an entity exist, he would be very closely allied with <laughs> his colleagues in marketing. Because <laughs> 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 uh, they both have, have to have quite good PR. Ma- marketing. Satanism, it's all trying to trick people into doing stuff they don't want to do, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 yeah, so the, um, so, to my mind, they they wouldn't have all been near misses. They would have actually bumped them all off, wouldn't they? If, if he wanted to prevent the film being made. So, so it's, it's nonsense. But it's quite funny. Uh, incidentally, in, in doing this, it, one of the things I watched leading up to this was on, on YouTube I found and I'll put a link out on the Facebook page but on YouTube I found an old Channel 4 I, I say old I don't know maybe 90s or something but uh, a Channel 4 documentary say documentary in the loosest possible sense um, that, that's all about the, the curse of the omen and it, 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 um, it it's an entirely objective look at the um, that the the incidents that happened during the filming of it and doesn't in any way try to imply that that actually there is a real curse and um, okay you will make up your own mind but yes there is a real curse it doesn't say that at all right, it's not even slightly certainly not a waste of one hour of your life um, it, I mean it's, it's 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 fascinating there's lots of uh, in, in production fact, information about the film I guess yeah. about the film which is quite quite interesting but the fact that they include uh, an exorcist in there, uh, and a very short interview with uh, someone who, random person who's a member of the Church of Satan, uh, gives you an idea of where they, they're where they're pitching this. Oh, and also Kim Newman, who I, I suspect wasn't invited but just turned up. They, they found a real Satanist to interview. That's actually quite impressive. <laughs> yeah. uh, bef- he gets far less screen time than the Exorcist. I like to point out. He, he gets like about two comments, and the Exorcist gets to waffle on for hours in the thing. So yeah, I'd like, I thought that, like that was very unbiased, interest, but I might be exaggerating somewhat. <laughs> but but yeah. Before we go, and yes. the time is running on. Before yeah. we go, though, we should talk about the sequels because this film was such a big hit that it was followed almost yeah. immediately by Damien Omen Two, yeah. and then because that did well as well, yeah. by um, the Final Conflict. Yes. Now uh, I didn't actually bother rewatching either of those. No. <laughs> for this podcast, or I have obviously yeah. seen them. The law of diminishing returns, I think, applies. Well, although although I remember them, they're not both they're not even remotely British either of them. But well, the, Damien is set in the US, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but the final conflict is partly, at least, very largely set in London again, isn't it? No, yeah, no, it is, but it, yeah, it's an entirely. American film apart from well, it's got Sam Neill who's Australian and uh, brilliant and actually my, um, my my love for Sam Neill probably dates back to my uh, 
by, by watching the final conflict as a young man. Because yeah. he's awesome as as uh, Dane. Yeah, no, he's, 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 he's very good. But he, the, he manages... In fact, in all three of the films, Damien is sort of sympathetic. And, and uh, despite being... I think <laughs> less so in the third one. In the second one, maybe, know. because he become, that's when he becomes aware of what he is. Yeah. But the problem with the sequels is that they... Um, well, firstly, I, 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 the second one largely ignores the end of the, the first one. And he's not, because it, it, it suggested at the end of the first one that Damien is um, that, that Damien is, is going to go off with the president, thereby sort of fulfilling the prophecy that he's going to be, become, work his way through to via politics. Um, but he does stay connected. He, he actually goes to live with his aunt and uncle, doesn't he? He does, and then he goes. Then it's, he goes to a military academy, doesn't he? Which kind of just uh, and, then, and then lots of people die. In but but the, yeah, I mean that's the thing is that what they went was they they looked at the original Omen film and said, "Well, we know why this was really successful. It's because." There, there was lots of grisly deaths, and what we need to do is up the grisly deaths and up the grisliness of them. So, therefore, in the second one, you get a doctor. I think it's a doctor who is uh, cut in half by by a, a lift. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that scene very. very which, which actually sort of doesn't work in the same way that they're obviously going. Well, we can trump the beheading thing. It becomes final destinationist. Yeah, and, and, they, and then they just try to 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 sort of. Top it all the time. So, you, so they they don't they they're interesting. They're worth a bit of a watch, I think. But I don't think they're anywhere near as good as, as this one. I I did like I did like them, and and I think you're a bit harsh on the final conflicts and on. The, I I need to Damien's watch them again. To, to, to in, it, in it, but I do remember that the final conflict has particularly weak ending because yeah. it's supposed to end with the battle between Christ and the Antichrist. Yeah, and it. And it just goes, actually, actually can't I can't film that. that, and if I try, they'll just offend everyone yeah. on the planet. So, yeah, it's the end of the film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Forget that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so um, uh, but, oh, but I liked it. And, uh, you know, possibly we could include The Final Conflict as a British film one day. It's on Netflix as well. So if, if we get really it. desperate. We could get get really desperate after about episode 300. We could do. So stay tuned. But that's going to be in what? Uh, well, our current rate of production. That's probably we're going to be retired. About thousand AD. Or possibly dead. That would be quite good if we came back, back from the afterlife to carry on this podcast. I'm up for it if you are. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but whilst we're whilst we're still broadcasting from the mortal plane. Yes. <laughs> but, um, Get to our, our concluding questions. Okay. So the first one we always ask is is, is about whether we enjoyed this film. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I wasn't gonna I did I did think <laughs> did oh you no really? Well well I started watching it and I thought, Oh no, this is gonna be overly serious and crappy and I and my memory was lying when I said I liked it. And and but No, it drew me in, it was fine. I liked it. It's it's nothing like the kind of horror films I really love. No, but, but no, it's good. It's good. I I have to say I, I I really really like this film. It is one of my my probably my one of my favourites. What well, one of your favourite British horror films? Yeah. You see, you really prefer American horror films. <laughs> is what you're saying? No, no, I do. I do genuinely really love this film. Right, next week, Friday the Thirteenth, Part Eight. 
<laughs> yeah. No, no, okay, okay, yeah, no, that's good. So, I think so, we both so agree. It's, it's a good it film. Really good. It is a good film. Yeah. Um, uh, is it? Is it scary? Yeah, actually, yeah. actually, some very effective moments. Yes. Well I done, Richard so. Donner, because it, it's a, it's old, 1976, but it stands yeah. up quite well. Yeah. No, I think so. Oh, hang on, is that the next question? I've yeah, no, go on. You I've answered the wrong one. Okay. Doesn't matter. No, I think I think I think yeah, it to- totally still stands up and, and manages to be. I think it it's really got, does. It's got sort of high production values, and and it, like as we said, it's still it's still quite creepy and, and, scary and challenging. Now. Definitely challenging. So yeah. it's thought provoking. Yeah, Georgia. And uh, the third question is: Does it stand up? Which we've just answered that. I know we've just answered that. I just There's thought no point, yeah. we're no point doing it again. We just answered it. Then did we like it? We done that. <laughs> <laughs> just behave. Oh, uh, okay. Um, okay. So, God, uh, assuming just... you want to complain about my horrific faux pas, calling severe mental illness craziness. Don't, don't bring it up again. <laughs> no, really, really. Uh, uh, or if you want to say nice things or yeah. anything. Uh, how, do, how, how do you get in touch? Well, well, if you can get in touch with us on Facebook, so we have a Facebook page, which is a very British horror. We're also very Brit horror on Twitter, so you can drop us a line there. And we also have an email, and we love getting emails. Um, we also have a, an email address, which is a very British horror at gmail.com. And we so reserve, contact us in any of those ways. And we reserve the right to read out your emails. Yes. In fact, we won't read out your emails unless they're highly offensive. No, actually, if they're highly offensive, we will read them out anyway. We don't mind saying highly offensive things. I think we've established yeah. that. Okay. Uh, oh, uh, so the question that everybody asks round about now, if yeah. you're still listening, this is, is the only bit people listen to. It's, it's just like ignore us all the rambling for the best part of an hour and just find out what they're talking about. Well, it's week. like Doctor Who, isn't it? So you you sit through an episode you don't really enjoy for forty five minutes. Because you want to get to the coming next yep. week or next time thing. And so, what are we doing next time? Right, we, we're going bang up to date. Uh, thanks to the miracle of the internet and Netflix. So, there you go. If you've got Netflix, you can watch this film as well. And um, it is... Uh, I'm going to have to ask Chris because I've just suddenly gone blank over to what it's called. Neo Hammers, <laughs> The Quiet Ones. Yeah. I, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Could, well, I don't, uh, I don't know very I much like, about this. I like the woman in black. I like the woman in black too. But I'm 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 put off by this one because it, it it tries to suggest that it's based on a true story. Well, of course, if it was, nothing would happen. No. Anyway, let's let's call it quits. <laughs> I've been Chris Denton. And I'm still Paul Monk. Good night. Bye-bye. You gave me such a bad time. You tried to hurt me, but now I know.